He's not gonna do it. Let's try it again. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. This is Douglas Hayner, not joined by my wife Jamie because she is upstairs filming for Married at First Sight Unfiltered. I believe this is the last shoot that they're doing for this season, so she's pretty much caught up with the entire season and I always tell her not to spoil it for me, so I don't have any spoilers, so there's no spoiler alert. But we have a very, very special show today. We are speaking with Lauren Lapkus, who is a comedian. She's a voice actress. She's just one of the funniest on-camera people that I've had a chance to see. And now we get a chance to speak with her. So the backstory behind this is Jamie and I were watching or looking for a, a a movie to watch on Netflix and you're probably hearing Hendrix in the background because now I have to watch him and I can't breastfeed so I can't quiet him so uh, I'm gonna have to pause and then get back to you so hold on and Hendrix is now sleeping so thank you for that but just to go back to what I was saying Jamie and I were watching or looking for a movie to watch on Netflix and we saw a preview for The Wrong Missy which is a David Spade movie and it was actually trending for quite a while and one of the top picks on Netflix so we decided to watch it and right from the opening act this movie just has you pee your pants. I've never seen Jamie laugh so hard at a movie and it turns out that this actress Lauren Lapkus who is The Wrong Missy in the movie is actually a fan of Married at First Sight. So Jamie had commented to her on social media and Lauren replied to Jamie saying that she's a big fan of Married at First Sight, which was amazing. And Lauren was on my radar. She's a very, very funny comedian. She's a voice actress. I recognized her from Jurassic World and Orange is the New Black. She's also on the HBO series Crashing. So She's coming on. We're going to ask her some questions about how she got started, ask her some questions about the movie, David Spade, and kind of what's on what's next for Lauren Lapkus. Uh, but we're also going to get into some of her picks for Married at First Sight. She also says that she's very, very into 90 Day Fiance, which Jamie is obsessed with right now. I see Jamie, any free moment that she gets, she pops right on to Hulu and watches 90 Day Fiance, which I don't mind because it is kind of hilarious. But we do have a very, very, very funny interview with Lauren, and I'm super excited to be able to share that with you guys. But first, Jamie and I love giving our five-star review shout out. So this week comes from a Gilk. I think I'm saying that right. A Gilk, who says... I absolutely adore listening to Jamie and her experience as a mother and how honestly raw she is. I'm such a fan of you guys as a couple. Also, your story is so very unique and you both should be proud of your beautiful family, which we are. So thank you, Agilk, and thank you to everyone that reaches out through either leaving a review or through social media. We do follow and listen to all of your comments, feedback. Hopefully, we're bringing on some great guests. We do have a lot of guests lined up for these next couple of weeks, which is amazing. But before we get Lauren on, there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about that sort of came up recently. Well, one is if you were with us from the beginning of the podcast, talking about a lot of episodes back, but Jamie and I had invested in a house in Florida. Uh, and, and now it turns out that Florida is now the epicenter of the COVID virus. So we 
made the decision that after Henley's birthday, we're going to head down to Florida to go furnish our house because we've never been down there and it's completely empty. And quite frankly, this is going to be the best time to go. We haven't been able to go down or stay down there since everything that was happening up here. Plus, Jamie was super pregnant. And now that we have Hendrix and now that he's a little bit older and able to travel, we're going to take the trip down to Florida right after Henley's birthday. So at the end of this month, but we're going to try to prep the house to get ready to rent out as an Airbnb. Once we get down there, though, we do plan on getting all of the furniture right away. Well, I guess we have to because we're going to be going to an empty house. But hopefully we can get everything prepared and get everything settled and try our best to stay quarantined. It's a weird thing. You would think I would be excited to go down to Florida, just the weather, even though it's summer here, but being so close to the beach. But we are going into it's almost like a, a, a pandemic zone. When we were leaving Florida, we were coming back to New Jersey and New Jersey and New York was the epicenter of this virus. And now. Florida kind of had a late start. So we're going to be going down there and, and we're going to be very cautious, obviously, but really, really looking forward to getting the house set up, getting furniture in there, getting it prepared to rent out as an Airbnb, but also spending some quality time as a family. It'll be a new adventure. It'll certainly ease Jamie's mind because it's an empty house, which means that there's zero clutter um, and we can control how much goes into the house. So that is happening very soon, and it almost seemed like it came up too quick. So we made the decision to go down after Henley's birthday. So we were in Florida for the beginning of the year. Once we get to the end of this month and go, we'll stay through to the end of this year, which would give us six months and a day or a little over six months of time spent in Florida because the idea is we're going to claim residency in Florida. We'll come back for the holidays and my birthday, but hopefully my parents, hopefully her family, my brothers and sisters, hopefully they can make it down before the end of the year because it, it'll be nice. It'll be a nice little escape. Uh, who knows what the quarantine rules and laws are going to be. I know if we were coming back from Florida to New Jersey, we would have to be quarantined for, I think it's up to two weeks. So it's kind of, kind of a crazy time, but thankfully we have a pool. Thankfully we have some things to do down there. But most importantly, I think it's just going to be a nice little break from everything here. If any of you are down in the Florida area or familiar with Sarasota, um, let us know what some of the good spots are. I don't know if anybody's even allowed out down there now, but we are going to be super safe. We always have been, even up here, we've been really, really cautious as far as watching our kids and who they're touching and you know, homeschooling Henley and having Hendrix here, obviously, but we really don't go out except for the necessities or to see my family. And my family all got tested for COVID. Um, and even I got tested recently, like within the last week and came back negative. So all positive things, but also this move is bringing on a little bit of a different situation and one that I never thought that I'd be in. And since we have been doing really well with this podcast, Jamie, as a social media influencer, it's kind of come up to where I have an opportunity to maybe leave my job and become a stay-at-home dad or, I mean, everybody's kind of a stay-at-home parent now if you can't go to work, but to kind of do that full-time. And on one hand, it's scary because you're leaving a job, you're leaving healthcare benefits, you're leaving security. And in a time like 
we're in now to have a job and to have a job that's actually kind of thriving through this time because construction is still happening across the country. The software that I sell is for construction project leads. So it's kind of one of those industries that really wasn't affected too much and actually has increased during this time because people are home. Construction is still happening across the country. So it's it's really been nice and comforting and a peace of mind to know that that I have a job and our company is really doing well. But on the other hand, I like the idea of being more present with my family and with my kids, which would be really nice to be able to hang out with Henley and be in control of kind of what we're doing and what she's learning. Plus, it'll be a big help around the house uh, along with Hendrix while Jamie's working. But I don't know. It's a weird thing to think about being a stay-at-home dad, even though that I'd still be working on the podcast. And I really do enjoy creating content. And one of the things that I've been working on a lot is creating a YouTube channel for kids and something that Henley and I are, are doing together to where we're doing educational videos. This kid is on the tablet. She wakes up and asks for the pink tablet. She goes to bed asking for the pink tablet or just even watch TV. So I, we have a lot of things around the house, a lot of educational things. And I started to do little videos and I really enjoyed it. And I want to put up a kid's YouTube channel with Henley. Um, I, I'm thinking about calling it Henley and friends, but Jamie is against that because now we have Hendrix, but um I really, really do want to make inspiring type videos. I want to make educational videos. If she's going to be watching the tablet, um, this is going to be something to maybe just be more interactive with her. But also then once she goes to watch, it's a little bit more educational. And I find that if I'm going to be home and if we have time and because I really am passionate about creating content like this, um, why not? So we're going to give it a shot. And I think uh, even just documenting kind of the whole stay-at-home dad type thing, which, again, I started out my career in sales. I've had a full-time job ever since I graduated college. Uh, and it's it's just weird to think that I would be a stay-at-home dad. Uh, when Jamie said it, it was kind of like a ha-ha, yeah, but she was very serious because she does need a lot of help. You know, I don't mind the whole gender issue with who's bringing in more. Jamie's been bringing in more money than me for a while now than what I make at my job along with some of the extra stuff that we do. But in the beginning of our relationship, Jamie was going from the hospital to social media influencing, uh, also writing a book. So that in between time, Jamie didn't have the nursing job that she was working. So I was the primary breadwinner so they say. Um, but I was bringing in more money than she was at the time, which lasted a couple months. And then she just took off. You know, she's, she's incredible with what she does, but it also brings on a lot of responsibility. The workload at home is becoming tough. And especially with a newborn, she's not able to do everything that she needs to do while being attached to Hendrix, even though she loves it. This would be a way for me to really help out at home help out with Jamie, but also spend more time as a family. So I'm trying to get over it mentally. I'm trying to think that this is a good decision for us. You know, we're probably going to be in for a rude awakening when we go to search for health insurance, but we want to get that squared away. I'm like 90% there. I haven't put in a notice at my work. It's still just kind of a conversation, but it is something that's been taken seriously. And 
I don't know any stay-at-home dads. None of my friends are stay-at-home dads. I know they're out there, um, so it'll be kind of fun to document that journey and try to, you know, learn what a stay-at-home dad would do. If we have to keep Henley at home, I really like the idea of creating more of a school atmosphere because right now I come down to the basement to work starting at nine o'clock. Henley wakes up around 8.30 to nine o'clock, so I bring her down with me. I have to log in. I do software sales so I could do everything over the computer, but during that time, I'm super busy in the morning, so Henley defaults to jumping on the tablet or watching something. And that's kind of the whole idea is I, I started to feel really guilty about how much time she was spending on the tablet when I'm sitting right next to her. And I would love to interact with her more. Um, I would love to get out of the house more, but just having the job just keeps me in the basement for the majority of the day. And, and it's just a lot of different things that you never thought that you would have to really prepare for. This virus came in Really, it seemed almost out of nowhere. And now parents are forced to be home and try to manage their work schedule. Kids aren't necessarily going to school or schools are just about to open up. But for anyone that has toddlers, um, you know, a lot of the preschools aren't necessarily open. And, you know, I don't even know if we would want Henley to go to school because of what maybe she would bring back to having a newborn. So it's kind of a weird thing. I never thought that something like this would happen. I don't think a lot of people did. There's really no way you can prepare for this, but it does leave parents in a weird sort of position to become a teacher, to become a parent, to also be an authority. How do you keep your kids structured all day without neglecting them? Or if you do have to work, how do you find that work balance? And, you know, thankfully we've had a couple babysitters uh, that would come by um, that we've known for a while and that have been uh, Jamie's assistants, you know, and they interact with Henley. They watch Henley throughout the day. And it's just because Jamie has work. I have work. If I don't have my full-time job, then yes, I could spend more time with Henley, but it's, it's just weird to think about. And it's not weird to think about because I wouldn't necessarily be bringing in as much as Jamie. I think that the opportunity that's out there for this podcast, which is really, I mean, you guys have been truly, truly amazing. We're over 2 million downloads now for Hot Marriage Cool Parents, which I never imagined would happen in a little over a year, which is nuts. But thank you to everyone out there. And, you know, that's really what makes the decision to leave my full-time job a little less scary because I really do love this podcast. I love our friends. I love the way that we're able to connect with all of you. I love the guests that we have on. And I know there's so much more content that we would love to bring. And I just think if I had more time to really dedicate myself to more of the podcast stuff, more of the YouTube and creating content that, you know, it'll certainly pay off if not, um, you know, maybe even replace my salary. But you know, time will tell. It's a scary decision either way. I know that I'll be documenting it for sure. I know that Jamie will be documenting it for sure. And hopefully that everything will work out, which I know it will. Um, I know that Jamie and I are have had a lot of serious conversations about this and I was totally not on board. And she was the one that was really championing, Doug, you know, you should leave your job. You should leave your job. I need more help. I need more help. And so, yeah, so this is where we're at. So the next couple of weeks are going to be very, very interesting. And we're going to certainly keep you up to date with all of our Florida trip and 
certainly more on that to come. And before we get to bring on Lauren, I do want to talk about a couple sponsors of Hot Marriage Cool Parents and a company that we spoke about the last couple podcasts is Jonas Paul Eyewear, which they're an eyewear company that specializes in glasses for kids and teens ages 4 to 16. If you fall into that category or you're even just looking for an alternative for the kids that may be staying in front of the screens, they do have blue light blocking lenses, which are available for all Jonas Paul eyewear frames. But kids 4 to 16, they have a home try-on kit for just a dollar. It allows you to try on your glasses, see how they look, see how they feel in the comfort of your own home. There's no pressure to go into a store, no pressure to get something before you leave and maybe not being happy with the pair of glasses that you bought. So that's where Jonas Paul comes in. Their prescription glasses start at just $79, including prescription lenses. And like I mentioned before, they have blue light blocking lenses also available for every Jonas Paul eyewear frame, both prescription and non-prescription. So perfect for the extra screen time and online learning. If you have a kiddo that's in between four and 16, Definitely check them out. You can save 15% off just for using the code COOLPARENTS15 at jonaspauleyewear.com. That's J-O-N-A-S-P-A-U-L-E-Y-E-W-E-A-R.com. Use the code COOLPARENTS15 to get 15% off. And lastly, I want to talk about Green Chef. And you've heard us speak about HelloFresh before. Well, HelloFresh bought Green Chef. So now there's an even wider array of meal plans to choose from. And Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company with a very affordable and super easy meal plans to fit any kind of lifestyle. And this week I went for the balanced living meal plan. Jamie went for the plant-based meal plan, but we kind of had a cook-off and I made the best sesame shrimp noodle bowl that I've ever made in my life. And I don't even like shrimp, but I ate the entire bowl of this. Uh, I also followed that up with Monterey Jack burgers, which had balsamic shallots. And it just gets both Jamie and I in the kitchen eating ingredients that we probably would never even come across or think to buy in the store. Most importantly, Green Chef works with local farmers so you can enjoy clean ingredients you can trust seasonally sourced for peak freshness. Ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped, and Green Chef offers contactless delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking. And for our friends, you can go to greenchef.com backslash hotmarriage80 to redeem $80 off your first month plus free shipping on your very first box. That's greenchef.com backslash hotmarriage80 to redeem $80 off your first month plus free shipping on your very first box greenchef.com backslash hot marriage 80 to redeem this offer and for more details and thank you to our sponsors but i think now it's time to bring on lauren for my favorite interview of all time doing hot marriage cool parents all right guys so today we are having one of my favorite badass hilarious actresses on the podcast her name is Lauren Lapkus. She's an American actress, voice actress, comedian, and impressionist known for portraying Susan Fisher in the Netflix original series, 
dun, dun, dun. Orange is the New Black and Jess in the HBO series Crashing. And she's the biggest star of honestly my favorite movie right now. It's on Netflix. It's called The Wrong Missy. That's kind of how I discovered her. I was like really just stressed out. I wanted to laugh and I was like, this movie looks funny. And I just popped it on and I was like, this girl, I can't with her. Like I laughed so effing hard watching this movie. I was like, I got to find her. And then when I found her, I realized she's a Married at First Sight fan. I was like, girl, come on the podcast. And she said, yes. So, hey, Lauren, welcome. Hi. Oh my God. I'm so excited. (laughs) That movie, The Wrong Missy, was the first movie that I've ever watched with my wife, Jamie, in six years. Wait, what? I don't really watch movies, to be very honest. I really don't. I don't know. I tend to fall asleep when they start, I don't know, mom life, I guess. And Uh and so (laughs) you literally, oh my God, you cracked me up in this movie. No, I'm so glad I was able to keep your attention. (laughs) (laughs) I make so many movie references and I realized like within day three, getting married as strangers that this girl has never watched any of the movies. I started quoting Sandlot. <laughs> I started quoting everything and she just was like, I don't know what that is. If it's like Dirty Dancing or oh Grease, then I got it, you know? But if it's, I don't know, I'm just not, is that bad? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think so at all. I feel like there's certain things like, I mean, I actually have a podcast where I watch Star Wars for the first time because I've never seen it and my friend Nicole Byer and I watch it and it's like, this is something that like I've just missed my my entire life and people have quoted all around me and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Sorry. I haven't seen it, but I mean, I feel like it's an interesting trait to just like never watch movies. Like you're just like, I'm not interested. Too long, too boring. (laughs) I actually wanted to talk to you about setting up a social media page for Gleeby, your character that you made up. Wait, hold on. From Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing an interview where you made up yes. just a character, Gleeby, and I wanted to start a social media page. I think it needs its own page. I mean, this is what I love about Star Wars because you could truly make up any word and it's like a character's name or their names are all Ben. It's like it's either Ben or it's bleep, bloop, blop, bloop, bleep. Like it's just anything. I truly have learned a lot about the Star Wars universe and um, yeah, I feel like it can, they, anything can happen. Yeah, they name them after like guttural sounds that come from your stomach. That's the names of these characters. <laughs> is that true? Because I believe you, but I don't know if that's true. I don't think that's true. He's <laughs> so sarcastic. But um, <laughs> I kind of wanted to start from the beginning with you and just get your backstory and how you got involved with acting. Yeah. Well, it was something I really always wanted to do as a kid. And my love for like comedy really started from watching TV and watching SNL. And I just absorbed everything comedy, like every sitcom ever. I watched a lot of TV as a kid. And so that was a huge part of it. And then I started doing plays at like a local children's theater in my town. I'm from right outside of Chicago. I'm from Evanston, Illinois. And there was this little theater company, you know, they just put on plays with kids from schools in town. Anyone could audition. And I got into some of those plays doing little roles. And that was really where I just found that I love to make people laugh. And it became like my obsession. So when I was in high school, I auditioned for every show at my school and I really would not get into like any play. And it was this devastating journey that I was always on just like, (laughs) I was just always crying because like I was getting rejected. And when I was like a senior in high school, my teacher recommended that I take improv classes because he saw that I was naturally funny, but just not getting into these Shakespeare plays and all that stuff. And he was like, you should take these classes. So that was really the thing that really set me off on a path to comedy. It just 
putting myself out there. And luckily being from Chicago, I was able to take classes at Improv Olympic, which is a really renowned improv theater. And lots of great people came out of there, like Chris Farley and Tina Fey. And so like, it was just a really cool place to get to go. And I've been doing improv for like 15 years, just from starting in high school. Actually, oh my God, 17 years or something. (laughs) Oh oh no, I'm old. I know. That's so amazing. What's your journey been like? Everyone knows that being an actress is so hard to break into. And then, you know, you're the lead role in The Wrong Missy. So what was your journey like? And I don't know if that's like your claim to fame personally, but for me, I love that effing movie so much. I'd say the babysitter from Blended. Oh, thank you. That's what she's known for. (laughs) It's so crazy because I feel like it's this thing that I've heard about from other actors over the years where you know, they were working steadily, but then something kind of helps them break through more. So more people know who they are and like, see what they do. And I feel like that movie really was that for me, like just getting to be in a lead role where I got to be like a totally crazy character, but I've been steadily, you know, accumulating roles over the years on different shows. And just, I kind of feel like I'm always getting a job, which is wonderful. And it takes a long time to get to that point. I mean, there were many years where I wasn't getting anything and it started with, you know, commercials and doing very small, like couple lines here, couple lines there, and then slowly building that resume up. So like I started getting bigger parts, but this role was really my first time getting to be the lead of a big movie. And so it feels totally different, but at the same time, like all of that work of doing these other roles up until now has prepared me for that moment where like, I didn't feel scared of doing it. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, I've been working towards this sort of thing. That's amazing. And Happy Madison is a phenomenal sort of production company to do well with because he, Adam Sandler seems to put all of his friends and the people that he likes in almost every film he puts out. Yes. He's very loyal. And so it's really a fun thing because with this movie, so many of the people in the movie are his close friends that you've seen in other Happy Madison movies or family members, like his wife is in it and his brother-in-law and everyone's so sweet and they're all like such a family that like going into that sort of environment is really nice because you never know as an actor I think one of the things that makes me nervous is like going to a set on the first day and it's almost like starting school over and over again you're like (laughs) oh am I gonna make any friends or like who am I gonna sit with you know and so it's nice to go into a situation like this where they're all like a really warm sort of family vibe and they're like really welcoming to new people. And it was just so much fun. Like all the crew, like he's so loyal, like bringing back people that have been working on his movies for just 20 years, you know? That's so incredible. So I have got to know, was the wrong Missy, was that scripted or was any of it impromptu? Because honestly, it was just so easy to watch and you were so your character and she was so funny. What was it like? Were you able to go off script or how was that? Yeah, we were. So there was a full script and everything, but then the director, Tyler Spindell, is really open to improv. And obviously David Spade is a hilarious comedian and (laughs) it's great to let him riff. And I've been doing improv for so long that this was kind of the perfect setup for me where I was able to do my own spin on each scene as we kind of did it. So we would do every scene a bunch of times and change up the dialogue and make it loose and throw in new stuff. And so it was really fresh, which I think really led to a great cut at the end of the day that like they were able to put together the sort of craziest takes from every single scene (laughs) and put together this character who's just like insane, which is fun. That's amazing. And I mean, it's almost like it was a perfect role for you as far as all the training that you've had in improv and going that route and how you start it, I feel like you really held your own in that movie and really you shine through that movie with oh a lot God. of big names. I'm such a David Spade fan too, just from listening to Howard Stern. But yeah, we really bonded over watching the movie start to finish, which Jamie never does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that so much. That's yeah. like the highest compliment. So <laughs> I love David too, though. I've always been obsessed with him. I think he's like the funniest person ever. I'm a huge Howard Stern fan myself. So it was extremely cool to get to work with him. I'm just amazed at the caliber of women that David Spade gets. Did you have any romantic feelings towards him <laughs> at all? <laughs> You know, I'm married, so no, but I will say that he is very charming. And I understood immediately how he gets the girls that he gets because he's so nice. He's really genuine and warm and like a good person, I will say. You never know when you meet like a celebrity if they're going to be cool or if they're going to be a jerk. And he's just really nice and a really good person. And he's just so funny. He's funnier in person than he is in like anything I've seen him in. You know, I loved him from watching him in things and think he's so funny. And then to find out like he's even funnier when he's just like hanging out. You totally get how these like supermodel girls are always falling for him. That's so funny. I have to ask you, what's it like if you're a married woman, you know, and you're an actress and your role is making out and like, I don't know if you've had sex scenes or not, but like, what is that like as an, I'm not, I mean, I don't, what is that like? I'm like speechless over here. It's, oh my God. It's Jamie's so such a prude, weird. That's it's, why. <laughs> I would be so weird. I would be the most awkward girl ever trying to do that. Like she was on The Bachelor. Yeah. But anyways, what is that like? <laughs> oh my God. I forgot about that. I'm such a Bachelor fan too. I forgot that crossover connection you have there. Yeah. It is so weird. It's truly so awkward. I think so much of it is just like pushing through and being like, this is fine. We just have to do this and get through it. But everyone thinks it's weird. You know, I think it's one of those things that you hear about, like actors saying like, it's really technical. And so it's not sexual at all. So that sounds fake, but it's true because you have to like time everything just right for the camera. And you are thinking about like how you look when you kiss someone, which is a really weird thing to be thinking about. And like, I mean, my parents watch everything I make. So it's like really weird to be like, they're going to see this. Like, you know, there's just all this weird stuff that you're thinking during it. And it's uncomfortable. But I mean, the best thing is when you're paired with other actors who kind of call it out and just go like, hey, I know this is weird. Let's just, you know, do it. And who cares? But sometimes it can get awkward for sure. Yeah. Did you ever feel like whenever you had a romantic scene that some of the guys would do bad on purpose so they would keep having to reshoot the scene? (laughs) Kiss you. Um, thankfully, no, I don't think that's happened, but (laughs) that's so funny. I was going to ask you guys if you had that experience at all with like cameras following you as you're like getting to know each other. I imagine that that would be so uncomfortable because it's so hard to just like be yourself. Did you you, feel that way? You know, in the beginning, I think our show was unique in the sense that we were strangers meeting each other. So even on camera, we were still trying to get to know each other, but going through like New York city where you're getting followed with cameras and then people are looking at you like, who are these two people that they're following? I would <laughs> tell- celebrities. Yeah. Why are they important? Every time someone asked me, I would say, oh, we're shooting 16 and pregnant, 16 and pregnant the whole time. <laughs> but it was just the awkwardness. I love awkward. I love awkward moments. And it was just really, really awkward, which made it awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. Because I was on The Bachelor- I was so weirded out there. And so it kind of like maybe broke me in a little bit to be myself on camera. And honestly, I was like, I am just going to be myself because I'm not making a TV show. Like, I'm either going to be in love with them or I'm not. And I'm not going to pretend for television. So I loved your season and your guys' relationship so much. And that's really like my hook to get anyone to watch Married at First Sight is I'm like, you don't even know. Like the honesty that you guys had and then to have a relationship that has survived it all and like you're together, you have a family. It's like the most amazing outcome from that show. They must just look at you and be like, that is what we're going for every time. 
It was an amazing journey for us and just the cast from the first season. I think, you know, they had someone that was just really attracted to each other and then another couple that was apprehensive and then us where the bride is crying and not attracted (laughs) to her monstrous (laughs) husband on there. They just got lucky, I think, with that. That was a conversation we had, though. (laughs) I said, I never watched The Bachelor, but I said, you know, as we're going through this, just promise me that you'll be yourself, the same person on and off camera, because I want to know that I'm falling for someone that's going to be the same person when cameras go. And Which of course makes me feel comfortable because I was on The Bachelor and I felt like the men on there, well, at least my experience was just, it was just so crappy. And so I was like, are you really here for true marriage? Because if you're not, just tell me and we can just go through the motions. Yeah. But I want to know ahead of time. And so we knew that was literally our wedding night. That's the conversations <laughs> we're having, like when the cameras went away day wow. one. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of married at first sight, I know. Well, wait, before we get into the married at first sight, because we do have a lot of questions, especially about the new season. I saw somewhere that one of the scenes in The Wrong Missy was you getting real fish chum thrown in your face. Oh. Yes. Which just made me (laughs) gag a a little bit. Do you think that Adam Sandler did that on purpose because you screamed at his kids? (laughs) It was direct punishment. (laughs) (laughs) God, that was so crazy because it was supposed to be a fake fish. And like the prop guy like pulled me aside and he was like, hey, that fish didn't arrive in time. Like that (laughs) fake fish. So it's going to be real. And I thought he was kidding. I was like, cool, man. (laughs) Ha ha. Like, see you tomorrow. And he's like, no, I'm actually like cleaning this real fish right now. And I'm like dousing it in lemon, trying to get it to smell good. Oh, so my God. Um, they had to throw it in my face and it was disgusting. And then I had to barf off the side of the boat with like cold soup in my mouth for oh. hours. You know, it was a rough day. Plus I was a little seasick because I don't really do well on boats. So it was a challenge, but. So the cold soup okay. in your mouth just turned <laughs> into real genuine vomit. <laughs> Yes, it makes you really want to throw up. Ooh, that's like <laughs> so interesting to me though. Like I always wondered how vomit scenes happen. So they put like cold soup in your mouth and then you just like Raw vomit fish it out. On your face. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I would literally just had like a bucket of cold soup that I was dipping a paper cup into and yeah. then I would put it in my mouth and then just hold it until they said action. And then I would fake throw up, which basically felt like real throw up at that point. So it was not pretty. I mean, there have been so many different ways to do that. I one time had to do a scene. It was like a sketch video sort of thing. So it was really over the top, but I was having an exorcism sort of thing happening to me. So I was supposed to be throwing up like projectile vomiting and they taped a tube to the side of my face that you couldn't see (laughs) And then they were pumping cold pea soup (laughs) through it. It's like splattered and like tape like on my face and just like this vomit coming across my face. It was just like horrible. It was disgusting. Yeah, (laughs) Going from a Shakespeare play to that. (laughs) Yes, that was the goal the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) How has acting been now with the quarantine happening? I don't know if shows are even able to shoot or has work slowed down now. How are you handling quarantine? Ugh, it's been such a bummer because right before everything got shut down, I was shooting a couple things and they got shut down entirely and I don't know when they'll be back. And so as far as I know, like most things are completely done for the time being, but I know things are starting to pop up. Like I have a friend who's shooting a commercial on Friday. So I'm hearing about some jobs that are starting to happen, but they have to test everyone, of course, you know, multiple times and it's just kind of scary. So I don't know. I feel nervous about heading back into that environment because there's so many people on a set at every moment and it's just such a risk right now. But I do feel like with the rapid testing, it'll be helpful where you can find out like in the same sort of couple hours, like what people's results are. But 
it's just been such a weird time. Like just, I'm doing so many things on Zoom. I'm like doing live comedy shows online. It's very odd. It's like a whole different medium, but trying to just keep at it and not get rusty. It's a weird time to just be like, I guess I just won't do anything for five months. I can't go anywhere. And (laughs) it sucks. (laughs) Well, speaking of that, I know that you're obviously still podcasting and whatnot. And I read somewhere in an interview that you said that for season two of your podcast, Newcomers is going to be focused on Lord of the Rings. Is that still happening? Yes. And we just started watching. It's going to be coming out in August, I think, but we just started watching Lord of the Rings. And I mean, Jamie, I'm assuming you've never seen Lord of the Rings. If you would fall asleep to like any movie, you'd be out in five (laughs) seconds. But wait, so I'm curious if like someone like me who hasn't really watched the movie, like would I like your podcast? You know what I mean? The only thing that Jamie watches is murder on TV. <laughs> so true. Forensic files. Oh, I get that. Murder I get that tapes, obsession. And she pauses. <laughs> she pauses when they show the actual like shooting or blood on the floor. That's what I'm into is like the real, like the police body cam. Oh my God. You know? have, have you seen I'll Be Gone in the Dark on HBO Max? No. Is that a good one? Oh my God, it's really good. It's a docu-series about this horrible serial killer guy. You should watch it. You'll like it if you like that kind of thing. It's really scary, but it's real. But, Literally writing that uh, down. Wait, what was your question? Oh, with newcomers, I do think you would like it because the nice thing about it is that, so Nicole Byer is the host of Nailed It, if you've watched that on Netflix where they make horrible cakes and everything. Uh-huh. Yes. And she's hilarious. And we both have never seen it. So we bring on a guest who kind of cares about the movie and they kind of explain like why we should like it. They answer questions we have about the movie. But we really spell out like the whole plot. We explain everything. So even if you didn't watch it, you could still listen and learn about what the movie's about and get it. And it's funny and we have a fun time talking about it. We make fun of it. So it's an easy access point for people who don't know about those movies or if you want to watch it for the first time and have it be like your companion to watching it so you can understand what you just watched. It kind of works or for like super fans who just like to hear people who somehow have missed this very big thing in pop culture. And we just are like, what even is an orc? I don't know what's going on. And (laughs) it's fun. Yeah. Okay. So it's literally for everyone. I'm definitely going to give it a shot because I haven't seen Lord of the Rings and everyone obviously raves that and Star Wars as well. Like those are two really big series that I never, ever watched. So I'm excited yeah. for your podcast. You're right on the same page as me. Yeah. It's weird going back to watch because I looked up the Ewok adventure. I remember loving that as a kid about the Ewoks and the forest and everything. And I went back and looked and it's just, it, it's not the same at all. It just loses all. No, God, all. no, that yeah. does not hold up. Okay, so let's switch over to Married at First Sight because how long have you been a Married at First Sight fan? Oh my God, since day one. I really? mean, they took a break, right? For like a few years. I feel like it was gone for a little bit, but I've seen most of the season. So what happened was like our season, season one was on a very tiny network called FYI. And then they were trying to find a home for it because they weren't expecting it to do so well, I don't think. And so they uh, switched it over to A&E and then they switched it over to Lifetime and Lifetime is like the home for it. But yeah, okay, it's kind of gone through some phases, but which season for you is the most memorable? Other than our season. (laughs) Well, honestly, yours, yours is the one. Like I honestly can't even reference another one because- I always think about that one. I'm like, that was the best one. It's partly because yours was the first season, right? Yes. So there's like no like preconceived notions. It's kind of what makes it so good. Like I think with The Bachelor, I love The Bachelor too, but it's become more, you know, there's expectations with how the season is going to go every year because it's been on for so long. So when you go to like the first season, you're like, this is raw. This is real. This is like the most authentic the relationship could possibly be because these people don't even know what this show is. 
And so there's something about that that I really like. Like, I think what I love about Married at First Sight, though, is that there's this strong commitment coming in. And so it's totally different from The Bachelor in that sense that like every season kind of does pop because you have these people who are willing to put it all on the line and actually marry someone, which is like the, the stakes are so much higher. Yeah, it's a little nutty. Yeah. I mean, it's just a fascinating show just to watch people. I mean, the previous season that was just on, it almost felt like they were like the therapists were like messing with us with the last season. Cause I felt like they were like putting people together where it was just dramatic or like it wasn't going to work. And I'm happier with season 11 than I was with season 10. I'm feeling like this is more authentic. We're kind of getting back to like couples that seem to really have a good connection from the start. Did you agree with me? Like that season 10, it felt like there was just like kind of drama for the sake of drama. I mean, my opinion of it, because Jamie knows way more because she hosts the show Unfiltered where, you know, it's kind of that after show and she gets to meet them and ask them questions. But last season as a viewer... I felt there were more people, individuals that were on there to be famous or to just increase a following. And I never really got that sense beforehand. It was just like the last season, especially like Zach and then Brandon and Taylor. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. It's frustrating for me just because I want people to have the right intentions. I want people to go into it and maybe I'm just expecting too much about it, but like I went in just so 110% both feet in and it's frustrating when you see someone that gets in and just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to move in with my wife. No. It's just frustrating for, I feel like the other partner who is in it. You know what I mean? Right. Like with Mindy and Zach, I just felt so bad for her because I was like, what is he even doing? What's his end game here? Why is he on the show? He is not even going to live with her. Like, you know, you need to move in. You have to do it all. Yeah. I don't know. A hundred percent. So I'm dying to know who are your favorite couples from this season? Okay. Well, I'm kind of, there's a few. I'm really into Woody and Imani at this point. Uh huh. I feel like that seems like there could be like real sparks there. I really like him. Bennett and Amelia, I'm kind of just fascinated. I love them. The second we saw them, like before they met each other, I was like, oh my God, they're like the exact same person. (laughs) You want to know what's crazy? Pastor Kale wasn't a big fan of matching them. And it was actually Dr. Pepper who was like pushing for them to be matched. And when you see them, you're like, oh my God, like they have to be together. Yes. Like they're so, they have the exact same vibe. Like if you were a person who was friends with both of them individually, you'd be like, you guys have to meet each other. Like there's just this energy about both of them. And then the fact that they had already met, I loved that. That was like very exciting for me because I was like, oh my God, did he say something rude to her? It's like, I was waiting for a little bit of drama. I liked the fact that she actually just remembered him fondly and like thought he was cute. And I think there could be something there. I think this could maybe work out. I'm really wary about Christina and Henry. I feel worried about them. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel worried about Brett. I don't trust Brett. Same. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who hits on the other groom's girlfriends the day before they're going to go get married? I know. And Olivia seems really hopeful and sweet. And I just want it to work out for her. Once he met her, I felt like he was really putting it all out there that he was like invested in this and like into her and stuff. So maybe it'll take a turn for the better. But I just was worried about his behavior leading up to it and how everyone says he's a player and all that stuff. I just, that doesn't really feel safe. Henry boggles my mind, just his whole mindset and going in. He's like this quiet kid that has certain quirks about him and 
you know, he gets in, just says yes to everything. And then it's just, I, I don't know. I could watch them all day just because of how weird it is. But <laughs> I'm just kind of like, why would you sign up for a show like this if you're going to act I'm like so that? confused by that. His family makes fun of him so much that I'm like, oh my God, he needs to fight back or something. Like there's like this energy there that I'm like, he needs to like shake it up. But like, it feels like he's really in his shell. And maybe that's just his like baseline attitude about life. He's sort of quiet and a little bit awkward, which is totally fine. But yeah, like putting yourself in the context of like, I'm going to meet someone and marry them. You kind of expect people who are a bit more outgoing to want to do that. So it's kind of interesting watching them both struggle just to like figure out what to say next. Are you into any other reality shows? Um, yes, all of them. I love reality TV. <laughs> um, I love 90 Day Fiance. Every spinoff of 90 Day Fiance is the best. Do you guys watch that at all? Jamie doesn't stop watching that. Okay, so I just started watching. Oh my watching. God, good. I thought you were going to say she doesn't watch. And I was like, Jamie, you need to watch this <laughs> Well, show. she started watching like last week and it's on literally five hours a day. No, it's not. I don't have five yes. hours a day to watch it. I wish I could, but It's no. honestly so good. That's a fantastic show. Okay, so I've watched season one through, I'm I'm going from like season one up. And so I've been watching it now for, since I had Hendrix, like when I'm nursing him and stuff, I'll just pop it on and watch for like 10 minutes and then get onto my life doing something else. (laughs) Like no joke. But um, I'm up to season, I think it's season five. Have you watched every season of 90 Day Fiance? I think I have. I've been watching that for a very long time. Sometimes I look at my life and I'm like, I can sort of catalog time by like when I started watching certain shows. I'm like, that show has been on for a very long time. There's like 20 spinoffs. I've seen them all somehow. And yet I still do go outside. Like, I don't know. There's somehow time to do other stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. What kind of spinoff do you recommend? Because they literally have it over there and... I don't know what the titles are, but it's like the honeymoon yeah. over there. Like, are any of them good? Because right now I'm just doing, you know, just like the regular one, like the 90 day fiance one. Oh my God. You have so much good stuff ahead of you. If you watch the other way and happily ever after, those are the best ones, I think. Really? Yes. Like the other way is really great because it's all Americans going to other countries, which I just like, cause I like traveling. And so I like to see other yeah. places. And so it's fun to watch them try to adapt. Like some people have traveled a lot and some haven't. So there's all these different sort of dynamics that come into play with that, or just some of the people going to third world countries and living like a totally different lifestyle than they would live, you know, in Indiana or whatever. And that's just fascinating. Do you have a favorite couple for 90 day fiancés or like a few of them? Yeah, I do. It's sort of like an ironic favorite because sometimes I really enjoy the train wreck of it all, but like Angela and Michael, I'm kind of obsessed with. Oh, I don't know them yet. I just find it interesting because she's like 20 years older than him and no one he knows understands why they're together. And there's just something about it that I'm like, I just need more all the time. She's always screaming at him. (laughs) You know, it doesn't seem healthy. And then you've seen Paul and Carini then, right? Like, have you gotten that far? I don't know. No, I haven't seen those. I haven't seen either of those couples yet, which makes me excited. When you get to Paul and Carini, it's the best because he goes to visit her. I can't remember where she lives, but it's somewhere where he literally has to like cross through the Amazon river to like get to her. Like it's like very (laughs) difficult to get to her. He has to like go on foot at a certain point with all of his stuff. And he (laughs) is just one of the most bizarre people. And he- packs like 20 million things to bring with him on this trip. So they make him like unpack stuff. He can't bring it all with him. And this is a kind of insane part, but he literally talks about he brings condoms so that he can walk through the river (laughs) and not have bugs go inside of him. So 
He's just a fascinating man. No, that's a thing. <laughs> that's a thing. There's like a fish that could go in there from rivers. That's a real thing. <laughs> Seriously, okay, like I didn't they know could, that. <laughs> they could travel up your urine if you pee. Well, what do women do, you know, more holes than you? Yeah, tampons, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The one that I tuned in was someone that had to buy a water buffalo for the family. Yeah, there's always something happening, like you have to buy a goat. Yeah. Or they refuse to buy the goat. <laughs> and like the family wasn't happy because he didn't have enough money. And it's like, oh my goodness. And the one I'm watching right now, oh, I, I never remember their names off the top of my head, but... That show is just wild. I remember the first season that I happened to stumble upon was when Doug and I were on, you know, Married at First Sight. And so we would watch our season or maybe it was like our spinoff or whatever. And this is a sad couple, though, if you ask me. It's like a train wreck you can't peel your eyes away is Muhammad and is her name Danielle? Muhammad and... Yes. I mean, that is a sad, sad train wreck. And like, you can't help but like... (laughs) laugh but it's like it's not nice to laugh because you know it's just a train wreck it really messes with like your moral compass because (laughs) it's like it is funny but it's also like you can tell that it's tragic she thinks that they're in love so then you're kind of like well I guess she thinks it's okay so there's this kind of you're just struggling inside with like how to react to the show because it is really messed up and their relationship becomes even more dramatic as time goes on. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff to come with that for you when you catch up to the more recent episodes with them. But that was one of the most fascinating ones because one of the things that makes it very confusing is when there's a huge age disparity and the person, they're going to benefit from moving to America and you have to wonder, is he in love with her? His religious beliefs don't line up with hers. There's like so many things that just make it all very confusing. And I mean, you just have to see. And he pets her way too much. It's just weird. (laughs) He like rubs her back during a hug. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, uh, real fast before we let you go, I'm dying to know like, what are some of your all time favorite gigs that you've ever had that if like someone listening to this, if they hadn't heard of you before, if they haven't already caught on, like they have to see your Netflix movie, The Wrong Missy. But what is another one aside from that? Or is that one your favorite too? I mean, that's definitely one of my favorite things. I also did a Netflix special called The Characters where I wrote and created a little 30 minute special. There's like a series of eight different alternative comedians. We each got to do whatever we wanted with an episode. So that was a fun thing. That's all awesome. I really enjoyed. But yeah, other than that, I mean, I loved being on crashing on HBO. That was a really fun role. And it's a whole look into the stand-up world, which I think is really well done. That's Judd and Apatow, right? I recently, yeah, it's with Judd Apatow did that. And I recently was on season three of Good Girls, which I think is coming to Netflix soon or something. The first few seasons are on Netflix, I think, but it's such a fun show. And I got to play like a detective who's like, you know, on the hunt against these badass women. And it was a very fun role. And that got shut down. Uh, Like right when everything was happening, we were about to shoot another episode and then we had to stop and it was so uh, frustrating, but hopefully we'll get to go back and do more. That's rough. And I always wanted to ask too, is doing a movie, because now Netflix, I mean, they're putting out such good content. Is that different than going through a movie studio or is there a difference at all with how it gets developed? Yeah. I mean, for me as an actor, it's kind of like they all come through the same way where I just get an audition and show up and see if I get it, you know? So (laughs) I'm not sure exactly what all the ins and outs are behind making it and if it's easier or harder. I mean, one thing that Netflix is so amazing with is the freedom that they give people creatively. And I know from everything that I've done with them that like from Orange is the New Black to this movie that there's just so much freedom to follow your instincts and they're really open to like the final product being pretty outrageous. So I think 
think that's something that's really cool about them. They're not really big into censorship. Nice. And the greatest segue ever, um, how did you and your husband meet? (laughs) (laughs) We actually met on a TV show. We were both on this show called Clipped on TBS. It was a sitcom and we were just friends. And then like a few years later, we started dating and got married. It was like, we worked together for a bit and hung out as a group with like the whole cast for a long time and got to know each other a bit, but it wasn't a love at first sight situation or a married at first sight situation. It was like a (laughs) slow progression into like, oh, hey, okay, yeah. Yeah. So you knew him before you got married? (laughs) Yes, I did. It was unusual in that way. So 2019. <laughs> well, Lauren, we have had so much fun chatting with you. I am such a big fan of you. I really am like you're genuinely top five favorite actress without a doubt, just from your role, The Wrong Missy. Like those of you guys listening, if you haven't seen that, I'm telling you, you have to go watch that on Netflix. Like it's so effing good. But before we let you go, thank you for everyone who is dying to keep up with you. Where can they find you and how can they hear more from like newcomers, your podcast, things like that? Yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Lauren Lapkus. And I have the podcast newcomers that we talked about before, where we cover Star Wars and Lord of the Rings all for the first time. And I also have a Patreon that I've been doing where I'm doing podcasts on there. I'm doing a lot of improv podcasts. I'm doing conversations with my comedian friends and whoever I want to have on. It's kind of free flowing from week to week. And I've been doing a whole series of podcast episodes on the Babysitter's Club series on Netflix just because I'm a super fan. And so I'm talking about it with people and deep diving into babysitting stories and deep diving into the episodes. And so you can find that at patreon.com slash Lauren Lapkus and follow along. That's amazing. Oh, I'm so pumped. I'm definitely going to start listening to your podcast. Something tells me that I'm going to pee like from laughing because you are that funny. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren, thank you so much for taking the time out to come on Hot Marriage Cool Parents. And everyone listening, you guys should seriously go follow her. Like she's, I mean, I'm fangirling. So (laughs) you are the best. Thank you so much. I'm such a fan of both of you. So I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, genuinely. Like, did I keep my cool? I hope I kept my cool. I think you did. You know, I was concerned about how Jamie was going to react <laughs> because she is such a fan and she doesn't have the greatest track record with meeting some famous people. Yeah, I genuinely love that girl. Like, I'm not even kidding you. The Wrong Missy, that movie is so stinking good. Like, <laughs> I want to watch it again tonight now because <laughs> like, we've talked about it so much. But I mean, she's obviously known for more than just The Wrong Missy. It just happens to be that that's my favorite. I can't even tell you how funny she is. Jurassic World, Orange is the New Black. These are major, major pictures. And it's amazing that we had her on the podcast. She was a lot of fun to talk to. Yeah. So anyways, we have lots and lots more amazing guests lined up. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for September. Oh, I can't wait for you guys to hear all these amazing inspirational stories that we have lined up. But as always, we love you guys. Wear your mask, wash your hands, and we will talk to you next week. Yes. And stay tuned to Hot Marriage Cool Parents on Instagram or at Doug Hainer or at Jamie and Otis to stay up to date with everything because we do like to share our life and everything personal and wear your mask and love one another and don't touch one another, but wash your hands. And have a great week. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye.